Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. We are presented, as always, by DraftKings. Hope you're enjoying the last week of 2021. Been an interesting year. And of course, as you know, no more interesting than in the NFL, which always seems to have stories that go way beyond, way beyond what's on the field. And that's why I'm here for you. This is the annual edition of the Top 10 Business of Football Stories Looking Back. The Top 10 Business of Football Stories Looking Back of 2021. There are a lot of stories, as you know, and we covered 52 podcasts worth of them in our in our Business of Sports podcast, although it wasn't all NFL, we mentioned a ton of NFL stories that are in the business of sports, but we're going to give you our top 10. So without further ado, let's get into it. This end of year podcast, the top 10 stories of the business of football. We'll start with John Gruden. Okay. So it was sometime in September. You know all about it. Litigation that involved Washington football team with 650,000 emails. Well, a few of them made their way into the national consciousness. They led to John Gruden being ousted. What were they? They were misogynistic. They were racist about DeMaurice Smith, the head of the NFL Players Association, leaked the day before he was up for a re-election vote. They were antagonistic towards the commissioner, and they were done up to 10 years ago when he was an ESPN NFL Monday night announcer, but someone wanted him out. And as we know, he was out. So in a couple days, the leak, leak, leak of the email led to his being ousted and he was removed from the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, what I've said about this is the negative spotlight moved to the Washington football team because out of this Gruden email story, came to view the fact that the Washington football team was under investigation all summer. The report was concluded. They had a $10 million fine, but what happened was there was no oral, there was, sorry, no written report. It was an oral report by the attorney charged with doing this investigation. Now, in a league that has had the Wells report about deflated footballs, the Mueller report about the Ray Rice investigation, other reports throughout the years, no report. So I guess my comment on the Gruden emails is that whoever leaked them was very short-sighted that they would only focus on John Gruden. Of course, he was shown the trap door. But of course, they turned the spotlight and a harsh one back on the Washington football team that had conducted themselves in a very inappropriate way, as was expressed by not only the lawyer representing many women and men who suffered through that toxic workplace over all those years, but I had some of those women on the podcast as well. They were told to wear high heels and not flats. They were told to dress a certain way. They were told not to look Daniel Snyder into the eye, into his eye and certainly not call him Daniel. And they were told to use certain exits and entrances in the building when he was in the building. All of this got the attention of Congress, so Congress has entered the chat as well. So while media and fans will turn away from this story because of so much other dramas, Congress is involved. They want to know what this toxic workplace in Washington really happened. They want emails. They want discovery. They are going to have subpoenas. So this story will last. John Gruden out, Washington football team investigation oral only, but lingering investigation into them 
from those who care, but also from Congress. Okay, second story of the year, we're going to stay with teams that moved over the past couple of years. We saw the Raiders move from Oakland to Vegas. And how about the Rams? Well, the Rams moved from St. Louis to LA, as everyone knows, and the move was announced in January 2016. They won the sweepstakes. Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Rams, who had bought all this land in LA. And of course, it was no secret he wanted to do more with that land than just develop an entertainment complex. He wanted the Rams there, and he got the Rams there. But in their zeal and haste and eagerness to get to L.A., the city of St. Louis decided that, or alleges that, they violated their own rules, their own breach of contract rules in deciding that, yeah, they're not going to, the fact that St. Louis did what was appeared to do would be a lot of the things they asked for to prevent relocation, they're going to move past that. They're not going to allow that. They're going to get to L.A. So jury trial was scheduled for January 10th. There is going to be no jury trial. This was settled out of court. St. Louis will receive a check of $790 million from Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Rams. Rumored that $270 million of that $790 million is going to the lawyers. There will be lawyers. They are well paid in this instance, but no trial. Now, it's a huge number, as I talked about. And it shows the NFL realized they were fast and loose with their business practices and they had some vulnerability. But overall, a win for the NFL. No trial in front of a hometown jury in St. Louis that could have awarded billions with a B, way past $790 million. There will be no discovery of confidential and sensitive information about the owners, which the NFL delayed and delayed and delayed to try to get not a factor. There will be no jury trial while the Rams are in the playoffs. And there will be no granting of St. Louis a franchise, expansion franchise, which was rumored to be something that could have happened. Not happening. So $790 million check to settle the St. Louis versus NFL lawsuit. But overall, even though a huge number, a win for the NFL. Third on my top 10 business of football stories in 2021 goes back to the guy I talk about a lot, maybe too much for a lot of your tastes, Aaron Rodgers. There were cryptic comments a year ago after they lost the NFC championship game to the Bucks that he doesn't know what's going on. He was a good soldier for a year after Jordan Love was picked a first round quarterback. But of course, then it blew up in April draft day, actually when all these rumors that Aaron Rodgers would be moving on and didn't want to play in Green Bay and on and on and on. No comment from Aaron, of course. And the Packers are saying they're not trading him. So with all this speculation, I doubled down on the fact that I thought Aaron would be back. He had no options. He wasn't going to be uh, traded and he wasn't retiring. So he came back. And he has since had an incredible year. I think he's played even better this year than he did last year when he's MVP. And excuse me. So Aaron Rodgers is back. Aaron Rodgers is back for now. There is a void after his contract in 2023. In other words, a year from now, he has a void. He can get out, be a free agent, a la Tom Brady last two years ago. But there's no void after 2022. But there's kind of a soft agreement, right? We read about a soft agreement that the Packers and Aaron would reassess after the 2021 season, which told me they'll probably reassess where he gets traded. 
listen, everybody's coming to me now saying Aaron seems happy. Aaron seems great. The team's great. Everybody loves each other. Aaron's going to stay, right? I am going to maintain where I've been all along, where I've said that Aaron would not be traded in 2021, but will be traded in 2022. Listen, we'll have a lot of time for that after the season. Not going to get into that now, but I am sticking with what I've said last year. I think this is the last dance for Aaron and Devontae in Green Bay. Sorry, Packer fans, but that's just the way I see it. The number four business of football story in 2021 is related to our friend Aaron Rodgers because he started a whole lot of drama in the middle of the year when he tested positive after telling the media he was immunized, but it turns out he was not vaccinated. And of course, that drew a lot of people to the story and like, why did he lie? Why did he lie? Why did he lie? Well, he did lie. And I said he shouldn't have lied but I thought the criticism was kind of over the top. He lied to the media. He didn't lie to his team or the league who knew he was unvaccinated throughout. And guess what? Guess who did? Yeah, you know it. Antonio Brown did lie to the media, did lie to his team, and did lie to the NFL and was suspended three games. I figured it was going to be a lot more than three games, but he agreed not to appeal, and it seemed like part of a negotiation. Hey, I'm not going to appeal. Let's do three games. The bigger issue is COVID, of course. COVID protocols, uh, we're in year two of this. So to think that 2020 was going to be the COVID year was really pie in the sky. We're certainly in a COVID year. In the past few weeks, we have seen outbreaks of 20-plus infections on the Washington team, on the Rams, on the Browns, On a lot of teams, Seahawks getting there. What do we do? Well, the NFL has kind of thrown up their hands. They're not going to postpone, right? They're not going to have a week. Now they have the week between the the Super Bowl, but I, you know, they'll hold that as much as they can. But, you know, the week between the Super Bowl and the, I'm sorry, between the championship game and the Super Bowl, they'll hold it as much as they can. But, This is sort of exactly what I'm talking about, the vaccination thing. And this leads me to the fourth story of the uh, business of football is, I'm sorry, this is fifth. The fifth story of the year for the business of football is this protocol. And what are they going to do? What are they going to do? And I guess what we've decided to do is that they will postpone, but they will not cancel. So what we saw was Saturday to Monday postponements, Sunday to Tuesday postponements, the Rams and the Seahawks game, the Philadelphia and the Washington game. And there was a lot of hullabaloo. Ah, it's going to be a, <laughs> it's going to be a problem for preparation for the next week. So what? I mean, that's where we are. Now, what we have is this feeling about vaccinations that We said it two years ago, the NFL is not going to mandate vaccinations, but they're going to make it harder for the unvaccinated. And that has become even more clear now. What the NFL has decided to do in year two of COVID, in the end of year two of COVID, not that COVID's ending, but we're ending the season, is to only test symptomatic vaccinated players and, of course, unvaccinated players. Basically, we're not going to test the vaccinated without symptoms. Now, are there risks to that? Of course there are risks. The main risk is players without symptoms who who might be positive aren't going to tell anyone they have symptoms, right? Because they don't want to be tested. They don't want to miss football. 
So what we have now is this, we're trying to get through, right? NHL on pause, NBA postponing games right and left, NFL for two years now, here we go, we're playing through, right? We are playing through. We've had issues with vaccination. We'd have vaccination obfuscation. We've had Antonio Brown's fake vax cards. We've had Aaron Rodgers. And again, with Aaron, it was fine for him to say bodily autonomy and all that, but then he got into woke mob and Joe Rogan. And of course, you know what's coming after that. But again, back to Aaron, people are saying after that, there's no way he's going to be an MVP. I'm like, people don't realize how short memories are. He keeps playing like he's playing. Why, who cares what happened with the vaccination six weeks ago? I think he'll be MVP. Okay, that's halfway through the business of sports top stories of the year in the top 10. Now, word from AutoZone. I love things that make life easier, like the remote control, those little chip and dip sets. One thing that makes your life in car easier is the free fix finder from AutoZone. With the free fix finder at AutoZone, you can troubleshoot more dashboard lights, including your check engine light, ABS light, service interval light. The free fix finder gives you all possible solutions for all those lights that come on. And it's all backed by verified technicians. It'll even send you your full results in a detailed fix finder report straight to your email so you don't have all the information you need to take on the fix. And if you need a bit of help from a repair shop, AutoZone will even refer to a nearby shop that you can trust. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes only at AutoZone. So the next time your dashboard lights pay you a visit, just get in the zone. AutoZone. All right, back to the top 10 stories of the business of football this year. Let's go to Deshaun Watson. Now, we started the offseason, right? We started in January, February, where Deshaun was saying he never wanted to play for the Texans again. It turns out he's going to be right, but not in the way he thought. He wanted out. He wanted to trade. It launched all the speculation, all these Photoshop images of Deshaun in different juries, jerseys, fantasy football trades. Hey, if Stafford went for two ones, couldn't Deshaun get five ones? All this kind of stuff. Of course, all that discourse and his discontent turned to radio silence because the next stories about Deshaun Watson were not about him wanting out. It was about 22 civil complaints and 10 criminal complaints pending for sexual misconduct with massage therapists that he sought out and solicited on Instagram throughout the year. So in 2020, it was alleged that he had all of this misconduct against massage therapists. Now, what has happened since is one of the great secrets of the NFL, which no one talks about, no one writes about, no one even mentions, that the fact that he is an active and healthy member of the Houston Texans. He is not under suspension. He is not on a commissioner exempt list, yet he's not playing and he's getting paid. So it clearly is, although it's never been discussed or noted that it is, it clearly is a situation where Deshaun Watson's being paid to shut up and not play. You know that saying, shut up and play, shut up and dribble. He's being paid to shut up and not play. The fact that this is even men- not even mentioned is one of the great mysteries of the year. I mean, think about your team. If your star quarterback was on the bench, not on a commissioner exemplist, not suspended, okay, will he be a Texan next year? No way, right? He's played his last game for the Texans, but 
any team trading form has got to realize we got a problem here. How are we going to deal with this? You're trying to sell your product to your largest fan base you can, including women. You're bringing on a guy with 22 civil complaints and 10 criminal complaints. There was rumors that most of those civil complaints were almost settled before the trade deadline. I'm not sure I believe them, but of course, none are settled as of this moment as we speak. The number seven business of football story is back to the Rams. Remember the Rams, right? I talked about them earlier when they settled the case against St. Louis, paid a check of almost $800 million, even though 250 of it goes to the lawyers. Well, what they're doing this year, I, I call it the great experiment because they, for, uh, they have no regard for number one draft picks. And I'll even talk about number two and three and no regard for dead money. They have the two highest dead money charges besides Carson Wentz in the history of football. Jared Goff at 24 million, Brandon Cooks a couple years ago at 22 million. Now, again, that's money on your cap for people no longer there. So they're playing with it starting the year with a short deck, right? They're already down 24, 25, whatever, $28 million from what everyone else has for the cap. And then as for number one picks, uh, that that guy mentioned Brandon Cooks. They gave up one for him. Who cares? They gave up two for Jalen Ramsey. Who cares? They gave up two for Matthew Stafford. Who cares? They gave up a second and third for Von Miller. Keep an eye on those picks. They may be used by Denver to acquire a certain Packers quarterback that I talk about a lot in the offseason. Well, the Rams are all win now. They're all in. Win now. Pick your cliche. The issue becomes if they're not win now, if they're not all in, they'll become all out. Maybe not next year, but soon. So we'll see. I'm I'm watching, but I'm not the only one watching. I'm talking to teams. They're all watching. Like, and I think there's a little bit of wanting them to fail because all the teams believe in the draft, believe in not having a lot of dead money on your cap. And they think acquiring players like Von Miller and Odell Beckham is more fantasy football than real football. So we're watching the Rams' great experiment on the business of football in 2021. Let's see how they do. They'll be in the playoffs. Let's see how far they go. But they are all in, win now. You know the cliche. And if they don't win now, we'll see what happens. Okay, number eight of the business of football stories for the year the Urban Meyer error, E-R-R-O-R. The Urban Meyer era, E-R-A, turned into the error. And again, many focus on the lap dance he got after the bye week or the kicking the former kicker. Meyer says that is completely inaccurate. My sense is this was a start doomed to fail because let's face it, Let's face it, the Jaguars are a bottom-dwelling franchise. They needed Urban Meyer, highly successful college coach, a lot more than he needed them. So Urban Meyer gets a payment of $10-plus million a year and comes to Jacksonville. And everyone, think about it, including me, everyone said, yeah, that's great. That's good on the Jaguars, getting Urban Meyer. Well, it's been a disaster. They're the worst team in the league again. They'll have the number one pick in the draft again. And Meyer has been a disaster. And they're going to try to say that they fired him for cause for all the things he did, like kicking the former kicker. But good luck with that. Meyer's going to have lawyers. There will be a lot of lawyers. And Meyer's going to say, 
you guys coexisted with all this for weeks and months, and now you're calling me for cause? Of course, that's going to have problematic. And they may end up owing them $50 million, just like the Raiders may end up owing John Gruden $50 million. Yeah. I mean, listen, they're the biggest thing. Meyer was the biggest thing going for the Jaguars when they hired him, and he treated it like that. He totally treated it like that. You need me more than I need you. And that's what happened with Meyer and the Jaguars. So I just think that was destined to fail from the beginning. Whenever you have an imbalance in a negotiating relationship, it's never going to work. You know, Meyer could basically write his own ticket with the Jaguars. What are they going to do? Say, oh, well, you're too rich for our blood. No, they got them. And they got everything that came along with them. And it wasn't good. Number nine story in the business of football, top 10 stories of the year, is about team spending, right? The salary cap was way down this year. It's at one, it was way off compared to years before. It was down below 200,000, 200 million, 198 million, and the spending was down. When free agency started, there was one team that stepped out, and it's a team way out of character. They overpaid with pre-pandemic retail prices, not pandemic retail prices. And they overpaid on tight ends. It's the, the position they pay that no one else pays. It's the Patriots. So they signed Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry to top of market tight end deals. They signed wide receivers Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, not household names, to top of market wide receiver deals. I'm not talking top of market like superstars, but top of market for players like them. And then they sign edge defender, uh, Matthew Judon, who's a great signing. It's a haul. That's not the Patriots. But they figured, all right, we'll go for it. Why not? You know, they surround their rookie quarterback with all this spending. As for other player spending, I think the one thing I do note about player spending in 2021 is the quarterbacks always look to them first. And we saw a new deal for Josh Allen. There were three quarterbacks coming from the 2018 draft who were up for extensions. Only Allen got the deal. The other two, Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield, did not get the deals. Now, we can argue about why or why not. And, you know, you sort of look around and say, hmm, should we pay those guys? The problem I always talk about is you can't just pay a guy uh, a $15, $20 million contract for a quarterback. It's either all or nothing. So you're either paying them a rookie deal or you're paying them $30, $35 million a year and I can understand why the Browns are hesitant with Mayfield, just seeing that game the other day. Um, and it just seemed like the problem was Baker Mayfield. I know the last interception was was tricky with the call, but I'm not sure they lose that game with most other quarterbacks. And there is one spending I want to note before we get off this. Dak Prescott signed a four-year $140 million deal, $40 million average, uh, four-year – I just thought that was a huge contract or 160, four years, 160. I just thought it was a perfect contract. He gets the average. That's the top of top of the line. And unlike Mahomes and Allen, he's got the real kicker only four year deal. So Dak Prescott will be a free agent under age 30 and get another bite at the apple with a cap that's going way up from what it is now. I just think Dak Prescott makes so much more than all these other quarterbacks by not locking in long-term, by not doing what the teams want to do, which is take them out of free agency for the rest of their career. Good on Dak Prescott and showing 
in loudest terms possible that you don't need to be healthy. You don't need to go for the early deal, right? This guy signed this deal coming off a season-ending injury, severe injury. So good on Dak Prescott. That's the biggest spending deal to talk about in 2021. What a deal it was. Dak Prescott, $40 million average and only a four-year term. They'll be renegotiating it in a couple of years. Okay. Speaking of money, and that's where we start and end the last and most stunning story in the business of football in 2021 is the NFL media deals. Listen, they went to the players last year in 2020 and they were diabolical. They got exactly what they wanted to go to the networks and then hit the jackpot. They needed two things to go to these networks. Number one, labor peace. You don't have to worry about strike, lockout, anything like that in the next 10, 11, 12 years. Done. They also needed more inventory to give to the networks. We need a 17th game. The 17th game, if you remember, was a non-starter for the players. Then it turned out to be a non-starter for the owners. And like, oh, my God, they got it. So armed with these weapons, the the labor piece and a 17th game of inventory, 17-game season, NFL owners negotiated with the old standbys, ESPN, Fox, NBC, CBS, as well as the new upstart, Amazon, taking over Thursday Night Football, to the astonishing tune of $110 billion, yes, with a B, billion dollars of national media revenue over the next 11 years. And they're not even done yet. The expiring direct TV deal is still in play, and they're going to sell off like 49% of NFL Network, NFL Media, for a number that's going to be astonishing. And not only does that, this is all, they're already double the value of the existing deals. Now, this is crazy. $110 billion, like ratings don't matter. And the ratings are still boffo. Of course, the Eagles, I'm sorry, the the Raiders-Cowboys Thanksgiving game drew over 30 million viewers. That was, you know, if you get numbers like that, these deals are going to look good for the networks. But of course, the NFL has an out after seven years. I don't know how you even asked for these kind of numbers with the media, but they got it. So think about it. Now, each NFL team gets over $300 million in the national distribution. That's media, that's licensing before they turn on the lights every year and the caps 200 million. Think about that. The number from media is going to go. I mean, they're going to be getting checks every year for five, six, seven hundred million dollars. Six hundred million dollars by the by the end of the cent, end of the decade is going to be the national media distribution for these teams. Well, the cap, I don't know. The cap may be three hundred million dollars, maybe three hundred fifty million dollars. But they get six hundred just from media. So anyway, these are salad days for NFL owners. They have a team-friendly CBA. They have labor peace. They have all the inventory that the networks want with a 17th game they got in the last CBA. And of course, they're rolling in dough, no matter the ratings, no matter the threats out there, whatever threats they are, people bashing them on Twitter, which <laughs> happens is to be, you know, is something they expect and it's fine. So anyway, it's a stunning media deal. It just shows the power of the NFL in terms of programming, not only in sports, but entertainment, any programming on broadcast, the NFL is king. And there you have it. There you have your 10 top, I'm sorry, top 10 stories in the NFL 
for the business of football in 2021, according to your business of football, business of sports podcast host, me. Listen, hope you enjoyed this year. I am so happy that all of you come to my podcast and find it unique, as you say in this comments. All your comments on the podcast are truly appreciated. You can get me here every week, every week, 52 weeks a year. You can get me at Sports Illustrated on my column. You can get me my, my newsletter, of course, you should know about. Andrew-Brandt.com is where you sign up. And now I'm offering premium content, including classes and lectures, as well as a daily dose of what's going on. We'll put the link in the show notes to get that. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brandt, Instagram, Andrew Brandt 2. Thanks to my producer, Brian Neal. My musical producer, who's in the next room right now, visiting for the holidays, Sam Brandt, doing the music you hear under me. And thanks to all of you. Have a safe and happy new year. I'll get back to you in 2022. And I'll be back first week of January 2022 with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt.